2: Here is your
0: host, Terry Terry. Welcome back, Astro Zombies. Here we are doing our first viewer-voted shot-on-video episode. You guys wanted this. For a long time, you wanted this. This was number one. When I scheduled these, this was number one. Now, all of a sudden, you guys want to see uh, Redneck Zombies more than the next Star Wars movie on Astro Radio Z. But... When I scheduled this, this was the number one listener voted shot on video horror film in the Astro Radio Z Facebook group, The Burning Moon by Olaf Ittenbach from 1992. From the people who brought you the Traces of Death series. Brings America the goriest horror film of them all The Burning Moon. When the moon is full, the blood tide rises. No matter what you've seen, you ain't seen nothing like this. Banned in 14 countries, straight from the German underground, in its original, uncut, uncensored
3: version. Burning Moon, you want it? Make 'em get it.
0: tonight for what may perhaps be one of the most depraved and violent movies that we've talked about on Astro Radio Z. well that's up for contention, I think. But, <laughs> but it, this used to be the holy grail of gross movies back in the day. I brought on Amanda. She is not super keen on the shot on video stuff. Not very versed in it. Not like Mark the Movie Man is now, now that he is a shot on video horror film aficionado (laughs) Amanda is the virgin Mm -hmm. on this show I've shown her a few things like things Mm -hmm. and what else have you watched do you do you recall
4: nothing nothing just things yeah (laughs) just things I don't recall I don't even recall things things
0: was the was the weird Canadian movie where it was all overdubbed and they were in a house and the guy was concerned with drinking all his beer out of the cupboard And his wife was getting eaten by bugs. And then all of a sudden, Ginger Lynn gets like cut in weirdly from a news broadcast that was obviously shot at another time. You don't remember things? I don't
4: remember this at all. When did we watch it?
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Amanda. We watched it early on in our relationship when you wanted to watch the weirdest movie I had. Oh,
4: shit. That was two years ago.
0: Well... I guess we're going to have to talk about things on Astro maybe, Radio Z. To sp-
4: maybe it was an, an act of self-preservation just wiped <laughs> from my mind.
0: Wow, well, that is that breaks my heart because things is perhaps one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces huh. of our lifetime. Shit. <laughs> but anyways, so what an episode for you to come on mm-hmm. and break your shot on video cherry with us tonight. Amanda, how do you feel going into this episode? and uh watching these shot on video films
4: oh fine i don't understand why you think this is like the grossest most vile thing ever and maybe it's because i was really anticipating some janky ass shit but i really didn't think it was that gross or that vile or that big of a deal
0: well back in the day this you you couldn't find this anywhere really this was banned in 19 countries
4: wow (laughs) That seems like a bit of an
0: overkill. Well, back in the day, they didn't show the kind of stuff that's in The Burning Moon, but anyway, so Amanda, welcome to Hi. the Shot on Video episodes. Of course, I just talked about Mark the Movie Man. Mark the Movie Man, he's now probably the king of shot on video horror films. He loves this stuff. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, and
3: uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting uh, really getting into seeing these shot on video films. Uh, they're Uh, it's making me whining to seek out more. So I'm glad I'm doing these episodes because it's uh, giving me a little bit of a hunger for what else is out there in this uh, wonderful little genre.
0: Well, this is definitely one of the most infamous shot on video horror films of all time. And so infamous that Mr. Andrew Shearer could not wait to get on this episode. He's like, when are you doing burning moon? Here he is, Mr. Andrew Shearer, Thank you for coming on with us for another one of these shot on video horror film episodes. How are you doing?
2: Hey, how did you know I had diarrhea when I asked you when you were recording this?
0: <laughs> I just kind of presupposed. That's after exactly our, what my voice sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> after the Cecil B. Demented episode, I, I'm guessing you perpetually have diarrhea I at
2: mean, all times. I mean, it's 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 what all the kids are doing. <laughs> You know. <laughs> My nickname is Rhea Pearlman.
0: I, I I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> it's what diarrhea. It's what all the kids are doing. That's, That's that sounds do. like a, P, a PSA that you would find on like what what were those commercials? Uh, did you know or what is yeah. it? The more you yeah. know. <laughs> It's, diarrhea it, has become popular
3: among those between the ages of 13 and 18 it yeah, is a it's, popular group they sometimes have diarrhea parties where they all sit together with their butts <laughs> out and they drop diarrhea mix it together and wonder whose is who the more you
0: know
2: Dude, the more right? the more you know
0: it's kind of like that one video i sent you amanda where all the kids were turning into werewolves at high school
2: yeah yeah where did you learn to get diarrhea like this it was you all right
3: <laughs> I learned it from you Dad. I learned it from watching you have diarrhea
2: <laughs> Parents You
3: who and mom do going. diarrhea all the time You don't think I know, but I know I hear you in the bedroom <laughs> now Parents who that
2: shit in a box have children who shit in a box
0: Oh my gosh, now that this episode is completely off the fucking rails
2: <laughs> It is about a German movie, come on
0: it, it is. Yeah, There, but surprisingly there's no Scheizer.
1: There's in no this Scheisse
0: So oh, wow. <laughs> let's Let's go past the diarrhea for now. I'm sure Andrew will bring it up at some point.
2: Oh, this is- no, that would be vomit. But- uh,
0: yucky, yucka. Um, and then let's go ahead and move on to the movie of the night, which is Olaf Ittenbach's The Burning Moon. friendly film, The Burning Moon, is the endearing story of a complete scumbag teenager who is in a gang, is a drug addict. His time cannot be wasted by going and trying to get a job. He'd rather be shooting up drugs and killing people in rival gangs. And one night after a big gang fight, he comes home and his parents are force him to babysit his younger sister. He fucking hates this. He is so mad that he has to, What? how does he put it? Babysit that little bitch. The parents leave after, after a big brawl. He decides before the girl's bedtime to go in the other room, shoot up some dope, grab this book and walk into his sister's room and say, hey, I'm gonna read you a, a bedtime story. You want to hear it? And she's not really too keen on it, but he's like, you're going to hear this anyway. This movie is a anthology film an anthology horror film. Obviously the wraparound is this kid's story. And then he tells two stories. First one is the story about a serial killer who escapes from the mental hospital where he's killed everybody. And he goes out on a blind date with someone that he has met Mm -hmm. and she finds out he's a serial killer And very violent shit happens. (laughs) Then after that is a story called the purity, which is a very sweet tale of a priest. He's a serial rapist and Satanist and his deeds are being pinned on a local farm boy. And all of the village thinks that the farm boy are committing these rapes and murders. And, uh, Little does the farm boy know it's the priest and the priest is attempting to resurrect Satan or I don't know, was he trying to resurrect Satan or was he just trying to, uh, give I, I didn't quite more, power give more power, give himself more power. He was trying to re- become the most powerful. I don't, I didn't make much sense, but anyways, needless to say everyone dies and we wind up in hell where everyone gets torn to absolute fucking shreds. Mm-hmm and then uh the movie ends with a suicide lovely tale the burning moon mark the movie man what did you think about the burning moon (laughs) oh man um you know it starts off as a sweet tale
3: and then we get to that second story and then i think i text you just what the ever living fuck uh (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. It's interesting what they do with shot on video. And again, we have in here a film that surprises the hell out of me as far as the amount of uh, practical makeup and gore effects that they have in here. And and how they look. You you know, regardless of the story, production wise, what they did do in here surprised me quite a bit. And it it, it continually does with these shot on video films. As far as the story goes, I, I did not expect it to be an anthology film. I went into it knowing absolutely nothing outside of, okay. it's the burning moon. Let's watch it. That's the
0: title. I okay. absolutely love the fact that you knew nothing about this. Same with Amanda mm-hmm. going in that this was a t- completely fresh view for you. It was, it was a fresh view and
3: it was a surprise that it was an anthology film. Cause I'm like, okay, what are we doing with this kid who is got the cleanest arms for a junkie I've ever seen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I kinda dug it. I, I dug the stories and uh in the fact that it was an anthology film, you know, that, that kind of appealed to me a bit. Uh the the way the stories played out. Well, it it's it's kind of falls into what I'm seeing more and more of, of some of the tropes and some of the common things you see in a shot on video film, you know, as far as uh how some of them were edited and such. But overall I I kind of dug it. I mean, it it was twisted and and screwed up, but I appreciated what they were doing there and uh, what they were trying to go for in it. Um,
0: You know, it has many, many, many flaws, but most of these do so. Well, you kind of have to set aside all your problems with the production when watching these kind of things, because obviously they're working on very constricted budgets. (laughs) Now, as I said before, this is a very notorious movie,
2: Andrew, do you remember when this came out? I uh, I remember seeing Premutos um, like either before or not too long after because I feel like uh, Alternative Cinema released the DVD of right. it. Um, and, but Burning moon was just one of those ones that I got. I'm trying to remember how I got it. I was, I don't think I was a video clerk at that point. I think it was after, but it was just one of those where you'd heard about it and all of that. So I want to say I got, it It was just one of the ones I got from either hits video or video library in the, I guess it was the late, late nineties, early two thousands. But I just remember being feeling like it only had really about 10 minutes worth of good stuff in it. And the rest was kind of just like but I think it's cause I was waiting for all of that and I was expecting this wall to wall horrible thing. Um, like there was one of his movies that p- people compared the ending of it to dead alive. And I remember seeing that and thinking like, Oh, that's not even close. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: right. I think, I think you, the people are talking about pre I think that's, yeah, yeah it must've been that answer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It must've been that one that I was thinking of uh, hearing and it was like, well, burning moon is closer, but it still even only has about, Five, eh, under ten minutes of like will be solid gore, but like a five minute stretch. Um, but I, I, um, I saw that it was on Shutter. So when you said that um, you were thinking of doing an episode about it, I was like, well, I enjoyed being on the video violence. one. these seeing these brings back a lot of memories for me watching those back in the day. So I was like, well, I could just go to Shudder and grab Burning Moon and watch it. So I did, and I took some pretty hilarious notes.
0: <laughs> it's hard not to. There's a lot of really weird and funny shit that happens yeah. in the Burning Moon. One, obviously, just like um, we had talked about on the violent shit episodes, Olaf Ittenbach uh, and Andreas Schnass are two of the, the more well-known shot on video dudes from Germany that came out with these gore movies at this time. And while the gore is fairly similar between the two directors, it's obvious where the talent in storytelling (laughs) went, and that is Olaf Ittenbach. The Burning Moon, compared to even Primutos that we talked about and made reference to, is very much a story-driven piece. Even though the stories are crazy and fucked up and take turns that you don't expect, it's still trying to do a creep show type anthology film. And it's hard to really say that this is a fun watch (laughs) in any way because uh, the movie is very, very dark. Mm -hmm. This is a very mean-spirited, dark, nihilistic film. From frame one until the very end, there's very little to smile over. I think some of the the funny stuff, it could be because the translation makes things funny (laughs) more than anything else. It's not necessarily, I don't think the film at all is trying to be silly. It may be but I didn't get that. I I just felt like (laughs) the translation of some of the dialogue was just so jarring that it it made it really funny. Amanda, what did you think of how people acted in the burning moon?
4: (laughs) Shiza. That was, that cracked me up how often they said Shiza was really funny, but no, I thought it was funny. I, I think what impressed me about the film and what I took away from it on a whole was like, If me and my buddies had made this film shot on video, I'd have been really proud of myself because I think everybody, it's obvious that everybody who was working on it was really putting everything they had into it.
0: There's no doubt about that. If you, if you have picked up uh, the intervision DVD that they put out about six years or so ago of this, they have a 40 minute plus uh, behind the scenes Documentary. It's basically just like somebody was going around and shooting behind the scenes while yeah. they made this. And shockingly enough, they had a dolly, they had a jib. Yeah. They had, I mean, this it was like a legit production. It was a legit production. And I'm guessing from the look of this, they shot this on three-quarter inch. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was a VHS production whatsoever. The the quality of the video is far above. The vast majority of the stuff that we've talked about up until this point, um, it's more along the lines of video violence in in terms of production value and in terms of uh, storytelling technique, even though it still comes from the Herschel Gordon Lewis gruesome twosome school of of uh, cinematography and lighting where you just get a couple uh flat lights and just let them go. <laughs> Make sure people are are in frame and uh, they're they're lit flatly. But um, other than that, for a shot on video horror film, this looks really good. Mark, were you kind of surprised at the production value of this flick?
3: Yeah, I was. Not just the gore, but just the overall uh, film in general. Not saying the other ones didn't have care, but this one, it felt like they had a lot more effort in the production in this and, and the overall. A value of it. I, I was impressed, you know, even down to, uh, the gentleman's, uh, you know, late eighties,
0: uh, Eurythmics, uh, trench coat that's <laughs> <before>. um, <laughs> I <laughs> I
1: mean, the,
0: I think the wardrobe in general in this movie is rather interesting, especially the gangs in yeah. the, in the yeah. kid, they looked like mall, like, like kids you would see at the mall yeah. in the early nineties, as opposed to gang members. Like, their wardrobe was so off-putting. It it didn't match what these characters were at all. No,
4: In the very opening scene, when it shows the kind of title kid, as soon as he got out of the car, I'm like, Derek, what the fuck is in that kid's ear? His (laughs) earring was so huge and was reflecting off the light so much that I said, this is, like, distracting.
3: But and yeah, the production in general i mean you get to that gang fight which we mentioned and i'm watching this going wow this this is like this feels like a legit fight for you know for the time and what they're shooting Mm -hmm. on i'm like this is actually getting a little brutal i mean a guy gets his head put through a car window which (laughs) i'm not sure that was a
0: fake window (laughs) i i really think that you know when that scene happens because in the beginning we this kid is trying to get a job he's at a job interview and he basically (laughs) tells the guy i don't i don't need this fuck off suck my dick or something like that and he walks out and then they go to this uh, gang fight and immediately the tone is set for the level of violence in this mm-hmm. movie. It's not a normal gang fight where they're just, you know, fist of cuffs and all that. No, they have switchblades. They're yeah. cutting each other. They're smashing heads on concrete. I mean, it is a, a super,
2: super dark film. Andrew, were you kind of surprised with how dark this was? I was really just, uh, you know, the first time I saw it, I think it wasn't really fair, you know, because I was just looking for the gore and that was it. But um, watching Burning Moon now, particularly after having made so many movies, I was surprised at how cinematic it was, how competently it was made. Um, I do think it was three quarter inch, but uh, whereas um, video violence didn't bother to light half the time, the times when it did, it looked really great there were a lot of scenes in this where I just flat out forgot that it was shot on video it was just watching it like a regular movie. I was, I was happy with that. And, um, you know, maybe it was because it was German, the, the darkness and the violence and the nihilism just seemed to kind of be like, you know, <laughs> it may, I don't know why, but it may, I guess because of the amount of like York Bucherite That I've seen also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just reminded me of, of kind of that tone. Um, so I was more shocked at the moments of humor, Um, than i was at the at the really screwed up stuff i think i did you find this to be a really funny movie intentionally no not intentionally um i just found it hilarious because i was like well this guy looks like duran duran and billy joe armstrong fucked each other (laughs) (laughs) and and then uh you know the the acid wash versus denim gang fight i thought was really really funny Let's talk about the fashion in this fucking movie. I don't want to harp on it, but it's just more of like, you know, you go to all this trouble to make your gore. So, you know, they put so much effort into that and you're like, well, what should I wear to the gang rumble? Oh, well, well, you got on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It basically looked like a bunch of his buddies and he didn't have time to really like get a wardrobe for any of them. He's like, yeah, just come. I have never seen gangs that came to a fight. With acid-washed jeans and shirts tucked into their acid-washed <laughs> jeans,
2: it just amazes me that a guy like this doesn't know anyone that wears black. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> like because you know the story about Reservoir Dogs was all that they gave those guys were the ties. You know, they all brought their own clothes. That's why Bouchemi's wearing those black jeans, and Madsen had those uh, cowboy boots. You know what I mean? That was all just the clothes that they brought. But I was like, you mean to tell me? guy that made this german gore movie don't know nobody with black pants or a black shirt you know? or one apparently trench coat. not even the one trench coat in the movie is you know patrick bateman almost clear you know <laughs>
0: yeah do you think that it was his decision to have the the main character have the most obnoxiously huge earring possible yeah. that he could find
2: I, I think it was more of just it, you know he wanted this guy to be like a punk you know, just super obnoxious and, you know, kicking his mom's ass and being, you know, abusive to his whole family. I mean, everybody just wants everybody dead in this movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the main thing to
0: walk away that. And why I said, this is a very nihilistic film is that it literally, there is no happiness to be found. Mm-mm. The parents yeah. obviously look like normal people and his sister looked like, you know, a sweet little girl. But this dude was an absolute fucking scumbag piece of shit. Big time. And yeah. he looked like he literally was a mall punk. Yeah. Like, he obviously shopped at <laughs> at the mall. Got all. His, I'm surprised he didn't have a hypercolor shirt on.
2: <laughs> but it works for him to be a jerk. You, you know, if he were having, you know, if he'd had tattoos and looked like he walked out of a wasp video or something, I don't. I think that would have been a little easier to do. So, you know, as we're talking about, I think it's a more shocking for him to look preppy or average. You know, yeah, to be such well, a awful for, Those
3: those huge holes in the knees of his. Jeans I probably
2: bought them like that yeah.
3: oh yeah, well, yeah, but I, I remember that back then you know that was kind of the bit of the rebellious part of back then you you wore ripped jeans, and
0: so he had really ripped jeans yeah, yeah. well, I think he was he was a, a suburban kid mm-hmm. that you know wanted to rebel on out, so him and his buds <laughs> to form a gang. I didn't quite understand why they were having a gang fight, but I don't think it matters. I don't they're think just a lot of, kings.
1: Yeah.
0: They're just kids. That's so just, I, think so that, I think that's a little bit
3: of the culture thing because it, it was trying to bring out, you know, how he was a real punk at first. I thought it was going to be hooligans fight, you know, just like, a, a, you know, a couple of soccer fans fighting with each other at first. Cause it is knocked over a
2: dustbin in Shaftesbury. Yeah. yeah you
3: know? <laughs> the way they were dressed but uh i think it was just trying to get over the the idea further that he's a punk because i've you've seen in other uh films from overseas where that's kind of the signature for if if you're a really a a bad kid or whatnot you're real punk you you're part of a gang you know And, and they're slightly different gangs than what we have here but still i think that was just to further the idea that he's this punk rebellious kid and that's why he's in this gang of t-shirts
2: i wouldn't yeah, i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it was a bleak thing i just think it's a, an overall kind of just an angry tone mm-hmm. you know the movie yeah. just it's it's horrible because it's horror
0: yeah well I want to split this conversation obviously up into three parts, which is the wraparound and the two other stories. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about this wraparound here. The wraparound story, once it turns to the point where he gets home and he decides he's going to shoot up drugs because his parents have are deciding to go have a night out on the town and the kid wants nothing to do with it. And he decides to go in the other room and shoot up some dope. <laughs> some of it and Bach's influences become very apparent very quickly. The kid shoots up dope goes outside in the, the reason this is called the burning moon is he has a vision of this burning moon outside after he shoots up dope. And then all of a sudden the film looks very reminiscent of a Mario Bava film. The, the lights all turn blue and red, which is some of the only real like stylistic lighting flourishes Of the film, Mark, did you kind of like when they started using some color gels in this to indicate mood and and darkness?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, for the type of film it is, that was was the best way they could go about it. And I kind of liked it. It gave a little bit of different mood, a little bit different depth to some of the scenes, the way they were lit. Uh, You could definitely tell it was a different it was meant to be a different perspective than what we first saw him with his parents and that at, and and yeah, I I like that transition a bit. It, It added to the dark creepiness already because, you know, here, this guy's babysitting his younger sister and you're already going, this is a bad situation. She'd be better off being, you know, Babysat by no one. Uh,
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. so, as we
3: find out, absolutely, you know, well, absolutely later on. But I mean, at this point in the film, it, it's just it added to the creepiness and the darkness overall tone of the film. It just it just took it to an, another dark level to where you're like, okay, this really is not going to be be a happy time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I loved some of those flourishes, the the cinematic flourishes. A lot more, obviously, than the score. I felt Mm -hmm. the score was very out of place in a lot of ways. Amanda, did you like the score of this movie at all?
4: No, I felt the same way you did. It was kind of like, what? (laughs) Every once in a while, it didn't make a lot of sense. Well,
0: it kind of belied the tone of what was going on. Yeah. And I don't know if that was whoever did the score. I don't know if he got it on the cheap or whatnot. For all of the attention Mm -hmm. he put into the cinematography of this thing, the score just felt totally out of place. totally out of place so to wrap up the the wrap-up of this um Amanda what did you think overall of of the wrap-up like the 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 story to get into the rest of these stories
4: oh I thought it was good it made sense to me how that played into the other stories like you know in an anthology sometimes you're always wondering how is it going to feed into the actual vignettes within it and I thought that that was a reasonable transition that he's reading her you know, sadistic as it may be. He's reading her these tales before she goes to bed. And um, I did think it was strange, though, that you would have some kind of fucking blowout fight with your teenage son where he's slapping your wife around and you're getting into a fight with him. And then you're like, yeah, well, uh, peace out. OK, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of Christy. Peace out. Yeah. I thought that was very strange that felt really goofy, but um, aside from that, it was fine. I think
0: a lot of the wraparound is really goofy. Like, why would this kid decide he's going to tell his sister before bed two of the most disgusting stories?
4: Because he's an asshole! <laughs>
3: I was gonna say
0: He's all doped up and he's an asshole. He's
4: doped up. He's clearly got something, like, has violent tendencies. He's in these gang fights. He's doing dope. And he's doing all kinds of other weird, nefarious shit. So... He's gonna off himself uh why not what's it gonna hurt to just tell your little sister you know i'm sure he's thinking in his teenage angst you know like fuck this shit i'm gonna kill myself well i'm gonna fuck her up on the way out too and then just tells her these gross ass stories
0: yeah it was it was interesting mark what did you think of the wraparound yeah i I, overall i mean it was one
3: of those where it's it was one of those wraparounds where it kind of served its purpose to bring you the other two stories, but as far as the story by itself, it, I felt it it was a little, uh, a little bit random. Uh, I knew what they were going for in it, but it 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 didn't quite feel like it. And then especially how the wraparound ends, uh, I don't know if you want to get into it right right away, but but just how that ends, I'm like personally, I would have liked it to where he didn't
0: do what he did to his sibling go ahead we can we can tell it it doesn't it doesn't matter go ahead
3: after the two stories uh it gets revealed that he actually killed his uh he kills his little sister and and before he kills himself and for me that didn't work not just i mean it's a horror movie you know and a kid's getting off so that that you getting killed Uh, So that's always a little disturbing, but I thought it would have actually been more of an impact had he told these two extraordinarily disturbing and twisted stories to her and then said, yeah, good night, Uh, you know, and just left her and then killed himself and then killed himself. So he, he, you know, that I think would have had a little more impact for me because here he's just totally you know, he just totally fucked up to his sister mentally with these two stories before she goes to bed, and then he goes to kill himself and leaves her completely screwed up for the rest of her life, or at least for her childhood, and getting some serious therapy. You, you know, I, I think it would have been a little bit more effective than that, but it, it, it did feel like it was just mainly to serve the, re- you know, a reason to have the two stories more so than actually be uh, a nice own self-contained story i mean it 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 has a plot but of the three i think it's the weaker
0: of the stories there's absolutely no doubt about that it is very very random andrew what are your thoughts on this wraparound
2: uh it's funny i mean you know dead time stories (laughs) Has that shithead uncle that tells the kid those fucked up stories, you know? I just, I would kind of expected uh, when they cut back after the first one that he's tied her up, you know? But instead she just goes like, ah, stop it. I don't want to hear your stupid stories. And like, he's just told her this murder <laughs> shit. Yeah. She should be like, you know, cowering or catatonic or rocking back and forth or, you know, something like that, overeating. But instead she... Uh, <laughs> you know that was dumb. I don't want to hear anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? We just saw like 800 heads come off.
0: Yeah, literally. She's like, oh man,
1: come yeah, on, don't don't quit don't it. Easy. Maybe what she isn't. You?
4: Maybe she isn't very good at imaginative play. Maybe she, in her mind, this wasn't very framing because she's not a very good imaginative play. Well, or well, in that case,
2: she should have turned to Satan at the end and killed him.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: that would that would
2: have been fucking boss. That's shit. a good story, pal.
1: There there you go. So let's go ahead and
0: move on to the first story, which is a story about a serial killer that goes on a blind date. (laughs) Now, Mark, you want to talk about this one a little bit? I think you summed it up there. (laughs) I'm watching this movie going, okay, there
3: it's a serial killer serial. Okay. He escapes and he's like, all right, you know, we get some brutal kills in here. And then meanwhile, We get this single lady talking about, you know, oh, I've got this date. You're like, okay. And then it even takes you a minute to realize that the date she's with is the serial killer, which I thought was kind of an interesting setup. But (laughs) yeah, I I mean, I dug it. I'm just like, the serial killer decides to. go on a date okay <laughs> it's a little bit random but we don't get a whole lot of info on a serial killer so maybe that's kind of his M.O. he has it, needs too Mark I, I know he's, he's a lonely guy and <laughs> you know it, the dates seem to be going well until he, he tried to you know Uh, take her head off well until she found out he was a serial killer yeah until she finds out he's a serial killer and she leaves I, i actually liked how this story played out though i mean it's it's one of those things where you're seeing some of these things happen that you've seen happen in big budget films later on you know so it's still one of those stories where she she accidentally drops her wallet and and he tracks her down to her place and then it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fight for your life scenario. Again, her against serial killer with people getting in the way, getting horribly killed. Um, but yeah, I dug the story. I thought it was quirk. It was definitely a quirky film, uh, a story, but uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I kind of dug the guy who was playing the serial killer because uh, we don't really, if I remember correctly, we don't really get, uh, a, a picture of him in the beginning when he's escaping, do we? We don't really get a no. good view you of hear
0: him. It's one of those setups where it's all on a radio broadcast. Right. Yep. So you you don't really know what he looks
3: like. So it, it kind of surprised me a little bit that he was a serial killer because here he is kind of looking like a Mr. Suave guy going, you know, you, you don't have to kill the ladies. You, you're a lady killer, but don't take it literally, man. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> burr, burr, burr. Now, Amanda felt that the date at the restaurant was a rather funny scene. You want to talk about uh, their conversation at the restaurant when he's on his blind date with the woman? Oh, I remember God. you laughing oh, a lot it was, about well, it.
4: Cause it was random. They were jumping all over to and fro and the flow of their conversation was really bizarre and just all over the place. And i I don't know. It was just weird.
0: Well, yeah. They're just talking about the most random things. He, then all of a sudden he stops the conversation and goes, I just want you to know, I think this date is going really well. And I really like you.
4: <laughs> and then she's like, Yeah, so then blah, blah, blah. I'm just, it just picks up like nothing happened. And it was just <laughs> It was too much, man. I was dying. I was dying.
0: It was a very of everything that's in this movie. This is probably the most straightforward story of mm-hmm. the entire piece. It it was a very linear is very easy to follow. Yeah. You, you kind of knew where it was going. Yeah. Andrew, this first piece, I felt I, I, I'd i love to find out what you think about this. I kind of thought that it it kind of took its sweet ass time. To get to the point, because as we had talked about before, there is an expectation with if you've seen any of the trailers or if you knew the infamy of this movie, that this was this super hard gore piece. And up until this point, there's really next to nothing of gore. There's a little bit in this piece, but it really takes its sweet time Mm -hmm. to get there. Now, did this piece kind of try your patience at all?
2: Um, Well, it seems like what the movie is doing is kind of building up to the level of violence that happens in the climax of the second story, because I think Inbuck probably realized that if he goes balls out right from the beginning, even you can't keep up that pace. Otherwise the audience, you know, the ending's not going to have the punch that it has, you know? Yeah. And so he did have to kind of slowly build it. Do I think, that probably these were two feature ideas he had that he couldn't flesh out the full length. Is possible that that's what happened, and that's why they kind of, you know, they run long or whatever. Could it benefited from a third story? I don't know. Maybe, but it would have made these two, it would have made the the wait for the the last one take even longer. But I did enjoy um, some of the stuff about this. I know you like the Shitty Dummy.
0: Oh, that was the best. <laughs> holy shit when that dummy gets hit by the car great, amanda looked at me and started patting me and i was giggling like crazy
2: <laughs>
3: that's funny i'm glad you mentioned it andrew i totally forgot to mention it because the minute i saw the shitty dummy scene i'm like oh derek's gonna just it's shit shitty shitty was- dummy
2: yeah um there's some side boob, but otherwise no uh no mm. real nudity i think yeah like the rapist shows his butt but that's not a sex scene you know so there's not, I mean, he, he, my only, yeah, my, my, my only problem were he really screwed up the opportunities for shower scenes in this. Cause there was like, I think it's the only mo- horror movie I've seen where there's it's a post shower scene. <laughs> so it picks up right as she's gotten out and put it on her robe. You don't even get like putting on that. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Well for such an exploitive in, in really dark film to not also include the sex in there was kind of weird.
4: Why do you think I yeah. liked it so much? Why do you think I like this movie? Because it's just straight. Well, low.
0: you already gave your hand away. Amanda likes this movie.
2: Yeah, It
4: wasn't like repulsed and annoyed while we were watching it. You know,
2: there are things I liked about it. He, uh, he murders Kelly Osborne and throws her head on somebody's <laughs> hood. Um, there's a part with... <laughs> um <laughs> uh, there's there's a part where someone puts their hand in some butter and he chops the fingers off so it's butter finger you know what I'm saying like yeah, it yeah. was really yeah. funny uh and the best is um the eyeball cam he like mm-hmm. puts an eyeball into a girl's mouth and the, the yes. there's a shot from the inside of the mouth I thought was really really good um but other yeah. than that yeah there's a weird wedding fantasy and there's like a gratuitous dog petting at one point so
0: it does, <laughs> it does <laughs> kind that that sounds like something that uh, Joe Bob Briggs would put in his review. Yeah. That eyeball side boob, <laughs> gratuitous <laughs> <talk> <laughs> oh, And yeah,
2: the white trench coat. Are... Yeah. No, it it does kind of, it, but I do think there's a method to that. I do think that he is building up to that. Clearly his, his biggest part of the production, which kind of keep you going. But I think the funniest part about it is the woman, once she realizes she's just been on a date with a serial killer, chooses not to call the police but rather to write it off as oh uh, just another nutball that oh. i went out with
3: <laughs> yeah yeah. Right. yeah they got me too i'm sitting here going i wrote that I, I couldn't find my notes but i remember writing it in the notes going oh yeah you know he's a serial killer what are you gonna do i should have swiped right you know oh, they okay. did
4: <laughs> yeah oh, Something, um, Now just knock <laughs> this one down to bad. But I
0: gotta admit, though, she, uh, unlike some other people in horror movies, she was smart enough to get the fuck out of mm-hmm. there immediately. I yes,
4: behind her wallet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was
2: that was just a goof. She didn't I mean, need to do it.
4: No.
2: I did like that the um, when the when the killer finally gets his come up and it it turns out the head he threw. Went onto a cop car, so the cop mm-hmm. eventually shows up. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, some asshole threw a head on my car, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But with one shot from his, you know, sidearm, killer's head just explodes. Oh, I loved
0: it. I love. That's the thing about these shot and video films is that because they're the the quality of the productions compared to regular, you know, movies that we've grown accustomed to that were shot on film. Um they had to amp up the exploitive elements of the film, and the gore is just so over the top. Mm-hmm. And this serial killer film, I would have loved to have seen a legitimate like slasher from him back mm-hmm. in the day. I think he could have really pulled it off. The violence when the killer starts killing is pretty gross. yeah, and and it goes it, I mean, he kills that one uh the the main girl's uh, roommate, and there's just blood everywhere. And fire, he like sets her on fire too. Yes, Mm
4: -hmm. he sets her on fire in the bathtub.
0: Yeah, because she locks
3: herself in the bathtub and then looks over and there's her smoldering roommate. Yeah, and like, oh man, you could almost smell it burning. You you know, what surprised me? You mentioned the eyeball cam, um, and the cinematography for a shot on video actually surprised me there, not just the eyeball cam but I'm going to say the slinky shot I really liked. Gratuitous the, slinky
0: <laughs> Gratuitous slinky <laughs> along with
3: gratuitous petting, petting. petting. but petting. You, you know you get shots like that that surprise me for a shot on video film some of those shots that he has in here it surprise you because you don't expect that type of shot to be done with a film like this
0: Correct. So let's go around the horn. Amanda, your thoughts on the serial killer blind date movie.
4: Oh, I liked it. You like this one? Yep, I liked it. Cool. Mm, Mark? I thought it was funny.
3: Yep, I, I dug it. Especially, I wanted that coat.
0: I really wanted his coat.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andrew? <laughs> ha,
2: I threw a head at you.
1: <laughs>
2: What's up now? Yeah, man, I mean, could it have been a whole movie? yeah probably somebody that could write you know but just you know as such it has i mean people are watching sov now it's going on through this resurgence because they want to see lots of gore right you got it you got it
0: yeah yeah well they want to see ridiculousness and and kitsch and lots of gore. this movie is obviously we've said the fashion is out of just out of this world.
2: Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, video violence beats it on all of those and does have the nudity that this doesn't. But um, just in sheer brutality, this one's definitely the one.
0: Oh, yeah. I I sort of liked the, fir- the first story, the serial killer mm-hmm. blind date. I kind of think it drug on way too mm-hmm. long. Way too long. So Needed a shower scene. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm with you on this big time, Andrew. I, I just think... Yep. You know, you're just waiting for something to happen for far too long in this movie. I mean, the the opening with the, the wraparound took its sweet ass time to get where it was going. Then this story took its sweet ass time to get where it's, it was going. And then when it got where it was going, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. But it just like a good half hour almost goes by where not a hell of a lot happens
4: i was expecting because we got so far into the movie before things really started picking up i was i asked eric how many vignettes were in it because i was expecting there to be at least three and i don't know why i don't know if it's because all like other anthology films that i've seen have always had at least three like creep show and of course hole in the wall and just things like that so because yeah it does feel a little slow in the beginning
0: yeah the stories are long they're long because, yeah. you know, there's really only three stories to this thing. So yeah. if, if I have to complain about anything, it, it's just that it takes a really long time for this movie to start going. And this first one, mm, I would say maybe my least favorite of everything. I actually kind of like the wraparound a little bit better because that lead character is such a putz. <laughs> it, it, he's he's a
4: real Barney Fife oh, punk. God, yeah.
0: he is. He is the most... Hyper color mall punk you ever saw in your whole life. I'm surprised he didn't wear Zubas.
2: Why do so, you think he was so
0: angry? <laughs> he <laughs> didn't get that pair of uh, Kansas City Chiefs Zubas pants. <laughs> so Chiefs. <laughs> anyways, so let's move on to the Piece de la Resistance of uh, the Burning Moon, which is the Purity. So the Purity, Andrew. Would you tell my listeners what our last story, The Purity, is about?
2: Sure, man. Uh, The Purity takes place in 1957 in a small village where a raping, murdering priest uh, rapes and murders people. And the community uh, blames another guy and the priest lets it happen and uh, lets the guy get his ass kicked a lot. Uh, he ends up shooting his twin brother I guess on his couch there's another guy that looks exactly like the priest which kind of was, is a little mind blowing and it was
0: very confusing, it was confusing yeah. um,
2: but he um, he uh, sacrifices his wife to cocaine Satan and uh, has his Hassan chopped knife and um, bloody man boobs and uh, it ends <laughs> in hell <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
3: That was the best summary I think you could have for that story.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> seriously, this, this last story is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And it per, perhaps may be one of the darkest stories I've ever seen in an anthology film. It is just pitch black, I think. Amanda's looking at me very quizzically. Why are you looking at me this way?
4: It's just strange to me out of what I know you've seen just in the last two years of our relationship that you're like losing your mind over this movie. I've seen the films we've watched together. This is nowhere near to me the grossest, goriest film i'm just like perplexed by this maybe you just really 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 talked it up to try and prepare me for it but i'm like not understanding why this is is so but also i didn't see it when it first like i wasn't really into movies like you were in the same way when it first came out you know like in 92 i was busy doing other shit.
0: Well, I remember, well, what you what you mean you were living a life? Is that what we're getting to no! here <laughs>
1: No. It sounded like
0: that's what you Yeah, right. like well, while well, the rest of you were just sitting in your basements yeah. watching gory films, yeah. I had a wife. That sounded like nerd That's no, that sounded like nerd shaming. You better check your privilege <laughs> at the door.
4: I was 9 years old in 1992. <laughs> Jesus!
2: you better check that privilege <laughs> i was in my basement listening to primus i'll have you know <laughs> yeah.
4: actually i watched my older brother <laughs> my older brother is seven years older than me and we he was still living at home when i was nine and he was a big primus fan so i was actually in his bedroom which was in the basement listening to primus. okay
0: so, well okay all right do you want sure. to you want me to give you the reason why this yeah. movie this movie yeah, yeah. okay so this is one of those movies that, as I had said before, back in the day was very notorious. And there were times where I had gotten copies of this. And for some reason, there's just certain movies that hit you at a certain time in your life and they kind of give you the heebie jeebies from that point on. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, I went as a kid to a birthday party in which the mom took all of us to go see Pet Cemetery in oh, the movie theater. Lord. Wow! <laughs> rock, and that, and that movie fucked me up for a really long time. Yeah, and there was something about the tone of this movie um, when I first saw it that just never went away with me. Oh. It's it's so dark, and I think it is as we've been kind of building up to, um, as as Andrew's been stating, there is the ultimate climax of the entire piece, the Burning Moon, mm-hmm. which is essentially. The, um, the priest, this killer priest, ends up uh, sacrificing himself in order to go to hell and brings back to life uh, the, the guy that's been framed for all of his yeah. nefarious deeds after the town has hired a hitman in order to kill him. Because the town is basically a lynch mob at that
2: point. A very discreet hitman. Very professional.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, professional, discreet, where everyone in town knows that this is happening. (laughs) Even the cops. And uh, the hitman then gets gets killed and taken to hell. And the hell sequence goes on for like 10, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. And it is so dark, so violent so in your face and so unrelenting that it's it to me when I first saw this at a younger age I was kind of put aside at Mm -hmm. the at at the really nihilistic tone I wasn't expecting it Mm -hmm. because the rest of the movies plays pretty straight like it's not a very really dark it's dark but it's not dark to the level of that hell Mm -hmm. sequence Mm -hmm. that's in this movie and to this day even though now watching it for this episode, I do think some of that tones, maybe it is because I've just
4: matured and Well,
0: I don't. Oh, are you saying I wasn't mature before? No, is that what's going on? That,
4: oh, gee. Check your privilege, sister. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm maturing in the fact that you're your movie catalog has matured like you've seen a lot of things
0: and well now that my show is basically turned into a ghoul show all we watch are these super hyper gory movies but the the i think the the makeup effects and the gore effects aren't holding up as figure out it back in the 90s when this came out that gore That stuff was highly effective. I
4: even said when we were watching it, I was like, holy cry. These practical effects are really good. I mean, for like shot on video, this is incredible.
0: Yeah, I was raised Roman Catholic (laughs) and the thought of and if you're a you're a Roman Catholic, you live in fear. of of hell uh, and of your concept of what you've done in your life and the thought that that's hell scared the shit out of me how
4: old were you when you saw this
0: oh i was a teenager yeah yeah i'm a removed roman catholic and basically that first time you get morning wood you're going to feel like you're going to catch fire and get pulled down (laughs) yeah so i i think there was one time where i watched this and it really freaked me out yeah like that sequence i mean the the story itself is pretty dark and pretty gross
1: because
0: mm-hmm. that that priest is a total slime. Scumbag, yeah, yeah, he's a total fucking scumbag and he's raping and killing and just unrelenting darkness. And then that hell sequence, some reason just like really messed with my head mm. for a long time because it is so over the top. The gore is so fucking over the top mm. that uh, it's something to behold even to this day. I think it's still It's it's something.
4: Yeah, I was quite
0: impressed. Um, Andrew, what do you think of the climax of
2: this thing? You know, the idea of of shooting yourself to get to hell is is disturbing. I'll give it that. But um, for for you know the hitman going to hell or whatever, um, I uh, I did remember it being a, a bit more hard to hard to stomach than it was this time. Maybe it's because I have so many friends that work on haunted attractions and stuff. This played kind of like they just go into a haunted attraction full of like you know rubbery body parts, smoke, yeah, gauze, yeah. things like that. Some stuff is on fire. There's tiger noises, a couple butts. There's uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> your nudity, Andrew. A bloody codpiece, my favorite. There's just a cutaway to blood flying on a guy's codpiece. Yes. But the, uh, it was the hitman's torture scene that I found to be the most effective. It's It's very brightly lit. Uh, the takes are very long and there's this like blindfolded maniac, uh, surgeon, um, just eviscerating this guy. And there's like a couple of corkscrews, I think one in the eye, one in the chest, but, um, it really goes really far to the point where they, they quarter him. I think they rip, mm-hmm. they tear his legs, uh, up, they tear his legs, to tear him sort of in half and the legs, uh, one way and then the other. And, um, by that point I was like, Yep. I mean, this guy really, really is saving this for the end to just make people go, like, I'm going to puke. I can't take anymore. Um, but it's not like Dead Alive, which is gorier and probably yeah. the goriest movie I've ever seen. But yeah. Dead Alive is cartoonish. Mm-hmm. This this is not a cartoonish story. Uh, it's a very dark and serious subject matter they're dealing with. There's a lot of childhood trauma happening there. The kid, I think, sees Satan when he's, like, eight or something like that mm-hmm. yeah. the first time. Yes. Um, there's murder all through it. And so for this to be like a vengeance thing, a supernatural vengeance thing, you know, the sins of things occurring in real life, carrying over into, um, you know, the afterlife and this idea that you will can never actually die, um, Is really yeah is really disturbing stuff. So it it is you know kind of silly and rubbery, and he goes on for too long. And you're like, okay, I get it. This guy's got all his stuff in his basement. He just threw some blood on and has a lot of you know the audio's great, all the screaming and stuff. But it's it's that torture scene and that murder, the hitman finally getting because you know you like you did with the cop exploding the guy's head. You want some ultimate payoff. Remember, I think it was which Seagal movie is it where he's looking for the same guy for the whole end of the movie. And by the time he finally finds him at the end, he just shoots him like 900 times because it's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe I out for justice. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really particular. Out. I think it was out for justice. Cause you're like, okay, there he is. Finally, like one bullet's not good enough, you know? And obviously Seagal doesn't have the bullet that explodes the head. So unfortunately, but um, yeah, I, I found that, uh, that torture scene again, full bright light. That's really um, you don't see that a lot. So a lot of times with gore, particularly even now with all our special effects, we have a lot of quick cutting going on, a lot of close ups going on, a lot of dark theatrical lighting going on. This thing happens right in front of you. We have seen worse gore now at this point. I think
0: fans of underground gore films, I I think films like Flower of Flesh and Blood go way further and are, are even darker and more nihilistic and sadistic than this. The guinea pig movies in general are, but there's something about the, the thematic um, undercurrent that's going through this whole piece that makes that hell sequence kind of hit pretty hard. He's told a a story,
2: man. I'm sorry. He's told a story and it's all about context.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's totally the reason why it hit me back in the day. And even to this day, I still think it's, if you can let yourself get lost in that story and not think of the production value and not think of how rubbery things are and not think of that dude's ass that shows up in the, mm-hmm. the the bloody cod piece and all that stuff. I still think it's really effective. Mark, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I, Tried to put myself, you know, when it first came out, and I could definitely see how this scene, you know, for especially when it first came out, would really bug people. As you say, we've kind of become desensitized because there's people been always trying to outdo the other as far as gore, especially in some of the underground and lower budget cinema. So uh, but for me, I'm with Andrew. While most of the stuff in there while it looked good I, I was with amanda it looked really good especially for the time it was made i'm like holy crap some of those guts really look like guts and uh you know where the, you got the crazy guy sh- going around shooting people this torture scene got me as well because they do drilling into the guy's teeth oh,
4: oh that was so brutal and it
3: looked like they were <laughs> drilling into these dudes teeth and i'm like <laughs> i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry i'm actually I'm like squirming in my chair a little going because it, it's not just like you would maybe get nowadays where it's like a quick okay here's the idea of him drilling teeth no they got a close up of him mm-hmm. getting teeth drilled and you're holding his mouth and that that goes on for like a nope, way not at all It doesn't cut away. It goes maybe from a closer to a a medium shot, but you're still there. He's still drilling. And you know, the way he moves the lips and everything, it looks like they're actually drilling into that guy's teeth. And then that set it up because that's the first torture thing they did for everything they do to him afterwards. And there's a little ode to Hellraiser in there when he does get quartered because the chains come flying out and uh, wrap around his ankles, which I thought was a really cool effect. Um, that torture scene though especially with the way it lit and the surgeon guy who was really freaking creepy that scene really was like wow that that got me you know more so than the rest which was uh, you know kind of in the basement guy but that torture scene specifically really was solid and disturbing and i was like okay yeah they really put thought in it you know it's almost like he had this short here this one with the priest thought up but and he wanted to distribute it but he he needed more because he couldn't just distribute this short story and so he came up with the other two so he could do this one is almost
0: the feeling yeah i could see that i really could because this obviously is the best piece Mm -hmm. of the entire thing there's no doubt about it Uh, I, could it have been a feature? I don't think so. Mm -mm. I don't think so at all.
3: No, it would have overstayed its welcome had it been a feature, but he, you know, it was a story he wanted to get out there. And that's before there was a festival every day in the, in the world of film festival where you could submit it to. So, you know, I think the other two came up, he had this idea first and he came up this one because yeah, it's the most solid, the most disturbing, more thought out, even more, depth to it than the other pieces and I think those other pieces main purpose was really to get you
0: to this one. Yeah and I think not to keep going on and on about this but I really do think it's kind of like when someone tells you a joke and the joke goes on far too long Mm -hmm. and then it turns around and starts being funny again. There's something about the fact that the violence is so protracted and goes on for so long that unlike you guys for some reason it bothers me. Mm -hmm. it just like that the tone of it is just so pitch black
1: (laughs) well i mean like
2: i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it like before bedtime or anything (laughs) you know but i mean it's it's effective because of the level of confidence olaf Inbach has in his effects (laughs) and in his um in his filmmaking abilities and the quality of what he's got and i think that's what hits the hardest you know a lot of times when we see uh, this kind of stuff, you can tell that they, you know, their stuff looks a little rubbery or, you know, that they don't want people getting like too long of a look, or like I said, you know, like kind of deliberately hiding it with uh, dark lighting or, or a uh, quick cutting or something like that. It's the, it's the confidence that he has in, in, uh, in his material and his presentation and his effects that really, I think is what nails you with it. You're like, this guy is serious. He yeah. knows. What he's doing, and that's a you yeah, know that's a scary place to be in because even as horror fans of extreme gore, we don't often find ourselves there. Uh, certainly, without the kind of setup that would make it have any kind of emotional impact or weight from a story. So, probably what your antenna is picking up is 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 uh, a bit of all that.
0: Yeah. Well, and also because of that, he's able to manipulate the audience very well because you're sucked into what's going on. And and it works well. And the fact of the matter is, halfway through this film, when the level of violence starts kicking up and this story gets into full swing, you know that nothing is out of bounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You there's there's no safety net. It's gonna go to places you you can just tell that something's gonna happen that you're not gonna be comfortable with. <laughs> and and that is that is what I think if you're gonna be looking for a hard gore piece. It's the only way to go. Don't hold back. You have to go full tilt boogie on it. There's, there's no doubt. And that's, you know, there's times on this podcast where we've really talked about we don't like pitch black nihilism just for the sake of it, because for the most part, it has a very mean spirited and misguided undercurrent to it that hates its subjects and, and kind of makes fun of them. And this is something different where I think he just really wanted to tell some really crazy ass stories. And it wasn't about, you know, I'm a real douchebag asshole and I want to show, you know, women getting degraded and all this other stuff just for the sake of it. You know, while secretly behind the scenes fuck them (laughs) while I'm making this movie.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all appropriate for his story. I mean, a serial killer. Um, you know, how going on a spree, I mean, all the gore is definitely appropriate. And then, um, in hell, I mean, the guy describes what hell is like to the guy sitting across from the table and, you know, everything he says happens, totally happens.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the cherry on top is when he's in hell and that doctor, when he's vivisecting the, the guy, basically telling him, I'm very excited you're here. We, you get to uh, uh, enjoy a level of pain and pleasure nobody will ever know and it will go on forever. I'm looking forward to showing you that world. <laughs> That's sucks. fucked up. <laughs> hell really sucks. F- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that really sucks, man. <laughs> really sucks, so. the <laughs> <The shizer. laughs> it really sucks. It really sucks. Suck my dick,
4: man. (laughs) 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 Isn't
2: there one part where he's yelling at his dad and they don't subtitle fuck you because he just in English fuck you? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So
0: let's go ahead and just talk about the movie overall and give our final thoughts on how we feel Amanda when all is a sudden done mm-hmm. after all of this, uh, disgustingness, you already let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, you like this liked movie. It. What was it about this that you really liked?
4: I think that what I think what it was is that again, if this were me and my friends making this movie, I'd be really proud of it. The, sp- the practical effects were incredible for, for what it was. I felt like it, was put together really well. The production value is pretty strong, um, and as you know, and probably all the listeners know by now, there was like they didn't mix like a lot of sexual violence. Of course, there is rape in in the beginning of the one storyline, um, but it doesn't return to. It's not it gratuitous. It doesn't it's like constantly it's dwell it's, it's in there. Constantly yeah. dwelling in that, so that's fine for me. But I liked it. I would watch it again. I really? Would, oh, absolutely. I would watch it again. That and is I know shocking. that that's really probably very surprising to you.
0: That's very surprising <laughs> to me. I would watch it again. Wow. Wowza,
3: Mark. I dug it. Uh, I, it's part of the reason why I wanted to do these shot on video uh, episodes uh, on, on here is because I wanted to see more. And it, it, looking at it, yeah, as Amanda put it, if I was friends with a, uh, a camera and I shot this film, it's something that you'd really really be able to hang your hat on because it 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 it's a story you know it it has real effort it's not just people in their backyard shooting which there's nothing wrong with that but you can really tell they were putting they, they put some serious effort and and thought into this and this was a really dark story they're almost have a feeling the director was trying to bury some inner demons uh, he had you know uh, uh, or thoughts anyway in this film and yeah i for for when it came out especially this film was well done and and it's surprising and i think it would surprise people for when it came out some of the stuff that happens in here and even though we do see a lot of gore and stuff i could definitely see that final hell sequence still disturbing a lot of people to this day you know people who may not be used to this this genre seeing that and the fact that it is done on a vhs tape might actually affect them more because it it has a less polished look to it. So it almost feels real. And some of those gut scenes and, you know, the guy cut in half and another guy comes and steals the dude's entrails and that thing. It's like, that's some pretty screwed up shit right there, you know? So yeah, I dug it. I'm not sure if it'd be a regular watch, but it would definitely, (laughs) you're not going to put this on with the wife and kids. No, I'm not going to put on with the wife and kids, but if I would, if someone did ask, you know, what's kind of an old school kind of twisted movie, you know, got a recommendation. It it is one that would be higher up on my recommendation list to see uh, because it's, it's one of the better, just better put together shot on video films that yeah, it's, it's dark and and disturbing. And uh, there's a lot of brutal things in here. Uh, Just a side note, the composer of the soundtrack to this this was his first film he did do the music for pre mutos and he did the music for garden of love both films i think by the same director uh so just just a side note on that but yeah i dug it i would put recommend it to someone who was looking for a shot on video
0: film uh disturbing shot on video films to watch cool andrew coming back to this after all these years how'd you fare what do you ultimately think
2: um, well, I, you know, I enjoy um, looking at this movie th- kind of through the lens of the shot on video fans, like the people that are actually attracted to this stuff and trying to kind of piece together why um, they, this stuff works so well for them. Uh, but as a uh, as a fan of, of film and stuff like that and of, you know, following directors and all that, have you seen um, Beyond the Limits, the uh, Olaf Inbox Beyond the Limits? I have not that is a really brutal film uh there's a sequence like where they have an entire dinner party mm-hmm. murdered by this psycho i think he's like a gangster or something like that but just one by one he kills all these people and just really rough um and it's so it, the movie looks great the effects are pulled off great i mean this guy is a good filmmaker i mean even his actors uh for the most part were really great in that and so seeing how good he was at it so early on um tells me that um he's a really underrated figure in horror film and somebody that people that like gore stuff uh, could check out and enjoy beyond just the effects because if you want to just see the gross stuff you could probably go to youtube fast forward to the last five seven or eight minutes of this movie and see all this stuff we're talking about but it isn't going to really do for you um what watching the entire movie will do but I think, for me, speaking of shot-on-video as a whole, what I've come away from, and I started thinking about it with video violence, and I write it at this, is that you know my generation equates uh, VHS tape with reality and with truth because a lot of our a lot of our familiarity with real life comes from having been filmed. Uh, by VHS cameras when we were young or filming people with VHS cameras when we were young. And so we are used to real life being shown back to us through this stuff. And also um, our earliest um, experiences of viewing pornography, which is real people actually having sex with each other, um, also is uh, something really real about it. So there's an authenticity to it that um, I think just really gnaws at us and affects us in a way that HD can never... And there's a safety net with HD and um, even film for that matter. um, That tells us we're seeing something that is fantasy. But with VHS tape, for some reason, um, even if it's just memories of renting some really junky, gross, scary thing uh, at the video store on tape, this is kind of the truth. And so um, to see a story told like this and so effectively, um, it gets at you on a level that if, Olaf and Bach tomorrow were to remake this and do it all with state of the art effects and cinematography, it would not uh, be as effective.
0: I couldn't agree with yeah, you more.
4: I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's there is a certain level of uh, disconnect with film, and I think that's why people tend to shy away from this stuff for that very reason. When you shoot a horror movie on VHS, because the definition isn't completely there. Mm-hmm. There's there's something very. It's like there's weird jumpy images. Like it's mm-hmm. not there's a and a chromatic abrasion that makes things slightly off. Nothing's totally clear. Mm-hmm. There's something real there, to me, and I I, can, I can't disconnect from that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like these shot on video. And that's why they seemed to work for me a lot better mm-hmm. than a lot of the studio stuff. So The Burning Moon, going back to it, having said that, The Burning Moon has always been one of the ones that I thought were one of the better made shot on video films. Going back to it, I would have to say I only really liked The Purity. Get out! The rest of it is just kind of... The rest of it is just kind of meh. It's stupid. Wow. Yeah, it's it just kind of meh. It is stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. I think Andrew made a really great point that the purity doesn't work if you don't sit through the entire movie. There's a tonality that happens, Mm -hmm. and it builds to that point because everything is just so, like, it's done seriously, even though the translation makes everything really fucking goofy. Mm -hmm. But the tone is so pitch black that once you get to that point, it is like a sledgehammer mm-hmm. it does work very well and of the shot on video stuff so far that i i would say is good i mean we're not going to talk about if we were going to compare olaf ittenbach and andreas schnass olaf ittenbach shits all over <laughs> andreas <laughs> Viol- violently Violently shits mm-hmm. all over, but <laughs> um. But no, not to say Andreas Schnass is a terrible filmmaker because no, I think
2: mostly interested in the effects. Not yeah, disturbing.
0: yeah. He's he's
2: he's concerned with the gore
0: and having fun with the gore and kind of reveling in it. I don't think that's what Ittenbach's going after here. He's looking to make truly like disturbing horror films, and if you're looking for that, The Burning Moon I think is a, is a great way to go. Do I really find it as something that I'll probably toss on very much? I own it. The wonderful, if you guys want to see this and haven't don't have Shutter, the um, InterVision DVD that was put out is fantastic. It is awesome. I love InterVision. I love all the stuff they put out, including things which I can't, I'm thoroughly shocked you don't remember things. I
4: don't, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know
0: how anyone could not remember things after they sure seen you it. you watched it with me? 1,000%. We watched things, then we watched Hobgoblins.
3: I, I remember things because Ginger Lynn left her clothes
0: on. Okay.
4: Maybe we'll have to find a preview on YouTube or something. Yeah, you'll have to be reminded.
0: you have to be reminded. But anyways, I, I would say ultimately oh. The Burning Moon is kind of middle of the road for me. It's Okay. It's okay. But the the purity, holy, that's the shit. That's the shit. That's some fucking next level stuff. So anyways, there it is, folks. The Burning Moon. The next one we're going to do is going to be Redneck Zombies, <laughs> which I can't wait to talk about that flick. I love that movie dearly. And it's been so long since I've seen it. I want to say it's been probably it's well over 10 years. Mm hmm. So I'm anxious to see if it still holds up to me. I used to, it's such a crass, really funny, gory movie. And I'm really looking forward to it. Big time. I know Mark is very excited. I am,
3: I am rather excited. Cause that was one I actually did watch back in the day, uh, rented from the home mom and
0: pop video store. So. Yep. I'm, I'm ready to go back and visit the tobacco man. And uh, I hope you guys are too so we are going to switch off with the burning moon tonight uh if you guys want to continue to join us we're going to turn over to an astro radio z uncensored episode that if you're a patreon subscriber you'll be able to hear we're going to talk about steve kostanski's the void tonight can't wait to talk about that it's funny that we did kind of a double feature of the burning moon in the void, which are both kind of movies that center around hell a little bit. Um, but if you want to hear that episode, go subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. I, I'm going to be that guy right now. You want to hear us talk about the void? <laughs> you can, you can go over to Patreon for one measly dollar. I'm not asking for much dudes. I'm not asking for much one measly dollar. You can hear us talk about that, but anyways, uh, I'm very happy we are able to do this one for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. This is the portion of the show where we shamelessly shill the fuck out of you. Mr. Andrew Shearer, please shill for my audience.
2: Hey, man, my friend and I are still shooting low-budget movies here in Athens, Georgia. Not full of gore, but uh, full of uh, cleavage and butts. So if that's your thing, go to gonzorific.com, G-O-N-Z-O. Riffic We've got movies like uh, Doctor Humpenstein's Erotic Castle and uh, the Erotic Couch and um, Amazon On Demand. We have uh, the new one, Late Night Cable, and um, the Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S, Pajama Nightmare. And on Prime, we have May of the Dead and Boo. Uh, what is it? very Scary, which I think is my favorite, which is a girl co- clothes coming off while she's being chased by the ghost from Boo Berry cereal. i love you andrew (laughs) we all do we all it's real you can go see it if you have prime you can see it for free
0: mr mark the movie man SpecialMarkproductions.com is pretty much where if you go from there you can get to
3: all my other stuff my youtube channel the spoiler room podcast um i'm going to be making a section there soon of stuff of when i'm uh, privilege to be on here on uh, astro radio z uh, so you you go there that'll get you to other places and also check out our facebook group uh, groups slash uh, smprd that's the special mark productions group where you can have a say and get a little bit better updates than what a page offers so check it out there on the twits at special mark pro i'm there as well
0: and because I got a lot of shit talk to me last week because I didn't let her show some stuff. I don't know why, but Amanda, is there anything <laughs> you want to show here? You want a last word?
4: No, I don't have anything.
0: Okay. Then I'm never going to ask you <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, which I believe our next episode is going to be about giant creature features. Oh,
4: fun.
5: I'll talk to you later. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please, help us by subscribing, rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also... If you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only one dollar a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Astro Zombies.